Playfully, the podcast that talks with the most playful people I know and asks them how they got to be so playful. I'm Emily Cordy Straff. My guest today is a playwright, a professor, a filmmaker, director, poet, and actor. She is the author of 15 plays, has worked with Shakespeare Festival, Metro Theater Company, Bread and Roses, and Coca. She's the director of five short films which have premiered at the St. Louis International Film Festival, St. Louis Filmmakers Showcase, the Center's Film Festival in New York. While she's lived and left her mark in many different communities around the country, she's back in St. Louis, her home, to play and make a difference. You'll find her teaching at the St. Louis Community College at Fleur Valley, and of course, acting and directing for various of our amazing theater companies around the city. She's also been recognized as a leader for civic engagement by Focus St. Louis's Leadership St. Louis Initiative. It is a great pleasure to welcome Mariah Richardson to the pod. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This is a treat for sure. Yeah, because I, I I really am interested in how this is going to go talking about play. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Good. Me too. It's my little um my little gift to myself is to just dig in with people who I have found to be really playful, who people know who are really playful, and you're one of them. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Anytime. Well, Mariah, would you say that you're good at playing? I think that I am. I I I think that I'm very playful and good at playing. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) Um, We were just reminiscing a little bit. You and I met um, on the set whenever I was, you know, amateur uh, actor on the set of the Shakespeare Festival, uh, Blow Winds, which you um, came on and uh, helped playwright for the second version of that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That was very fun. It was well, fun, wasn't it? It was so fun. And I can't believe I've not, you know, I haven't participated in anything else since then. I mean, it was just so cool. It's just like the, the, um, I think the, spe- I think the specs did the, um, the, the design, the, the set design for that one too. So it was really cool because that was the first time that I had seen the St. Louis images projected on a building. So we had our 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 scenery projected on the central library. And that was just really cool. That was really cool. Yeah. People came out sitting in the streets. I had never I had never worked with Shakespeare uh festival at that time. That was my first time. So it was really exciting for me. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the gentleman of vision was also really, they were incredible. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were. Yeah, they really made, I don't know, y'all made it so fun for mm-hmm. for me, who doesn't usually do anything theatrical. 
Is there someone in your past that you learned to play from or who you think of when you think of playing as a child? Well, I don't think that um, necessarily any one person. Um, I, the community that I grew up in, in, in um, encouraged a lot of play. First of all, it was a different time. This is before there's um, digit. This is before the digital age. So we're not talking about <laughs> using cell phones and and all of that stuff. This is where you went outside and you played until the lights came on. Mm. Um, then you came in the house, and that was the thing. You, you that's what you did. And so I lived in public housing um, in what was called Blue Meyer. It is no longer there. But um, down on, I lived on basically Compton and Franklin, Midtown. So I wasn't, so um, I was in walking distance of the Symphony and the Fox. Hmm. And um, so there were tons of kids and we played. I mean, we played all kinds of stuff. We, we played marbles. We played cork ball. We played, we ran races. We built go-karts. We played roller derby. We built um, um, snow forts and play and and had snowball fights in the in the winter time. We played hide and seek, mm. and so um, and we played the dozens too. So we did a lot of your mama jokes. <laughs> 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 but I think that that's what what it was. It was so many kids, and so we played. I mean, so yeah. that's just just the way my childhood was. It was about playing. Yeah. I'm always so jealous of people who grew up in the city because I grew up in a farm and there weren't a lot of people around. There was like one friend, but she was a good quarter mile away or something. <laughs> so if yeah. I wanted to go play, I had to orchestrate a little bit to do that. Yeah. yeah. And so that was that was what was really so cool. So we lived in public housing up until I was a senior in high school. And then my mother bought a bought a house. Mm. And um and I found that so different living in the neighborhood where there were kids, but it wasn't the same. And by that time I was, you know, I was about to go off to college. So it was really different. But I I, I used to think about how people would put down public housing. But for me, it was a great place to grow up because back at that time it wasn't something that, it wasn't a place that was dangerous or anything like that and we always had somebody to play with and because I only had one sibling uh, my brother who um, and he was he was older than I, I was and he was born with brain damage so a lot of the playing he couldn't do and so it was great to have all these neighborhood kids that I could play with oh yeah I wonder if you're still in touch with any of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. They have a, they have a um, Facebook page for um, the community. And so, mm -hmm. uh, but it was so funny. I was at an event, um, um, the Martin Luther King event at, at um, St. Louis art museum, just about a week mm -hmm. or two ago. And um, a woman came up to me and she was somebody and she, she knew me, but I hadn't seen her. I'll tell you, I hadn't seen her since I was a kid, but she knew me and, and it was so funny. We grew up in the same, and I, and I played with her brothers. I, I really didn't play with her so much, but I, I did play with her brothers. And so, and then I do have just other people that um, I actually grew up with and played with. I do keep in contact with them. Yes. Mm. That's such a sweet part about being an adult in the community where you grew up. Sometimes it can give you such an embrace or a squeeze 
of, uh, you know, thread back to your childhood that is like, it really helps you feel like you're really um, held, you know, you're held in a place. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I love that. So did you, when you were growing up, did you uh, put on plays or did you direct anyone to do plays? Oh, no. Oh, no. Never. Never. Um, when I was a freshman in high school, I took an acting class and my teacher said, oh, no, you'll never be an actress because you don't have any color in your voice. And so that really hurt my feelings. So that's awful. <laughs> I went into athletics, but the weird thing about that is that I got an A out of that class. So I don't know what happened, but <laughs> I remember that, but you know, we tend to remember negative things more so than positive things. But she said that. I and didn't know that. <laughs> I put that down and I was an athlete. So I was most athletic. I was captain of the basketball team and field hockey team. And, and, you know, so um, <laughs> wow. when I got to college though, I, and I met two girls that were from University City and they were big in that. One was one was a singer. Both of them were actors and everything. And so I wrote a little play for us three and um, we put it on. And so then that's when I began my acting, my my acting career. Mm, I love that. Wow, that's great. Did did you put it on for an audience? Yes. Oh, yes. Because we were on campus. And so we did it. Um, um, I don't know. We did it in the student center someplace. And uh, but it was really cool. I mean, I drew the the I, I made the program and drew the art on it. Mm -hmm. I'm not an, I'm not a visual artist, but I could do that. <laughs> and so it was cool. It was really cool. And I mean, I was a I was a poet. I've been a poet for a while and so part of it was poetry and mm. and then and also dialogue and monologues and it wasn't a very long program but we we did that you know and mm. I was at the time I was minoring in theater because my mother because I found that really interesting I, it, I found it interesting when I was a freshman in high school but I was discouraged and so now four years later I'm I'm still feeling it and I I'm incur I, I I try it and so I was minoring in theater um because my mom said I couldn't major in theater but um <laughs> I was, I was, I was performing my poetry and stuff like that. Wow. That's incredible. I love the juxtaposition of theatrical arts and competitive play. You know mm. there I mean, you know, as I've been doing this, this is like my 11th, uh, going to be my 11th uh, episode for Playfully. And mm -hmm. one of the things that keeps coming up is that guests or many of my guests don't feel like competitive sports are play. How do you feel? Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, because I'm, I don't have any problems. I'm competitive. When it comes to sports, I am competitive, but I'm not a sore loser. So, you know, and the the nature of it is somebody has to win and somebody has to lose, right? Mm -hmm. You you don't want to be on a team that loses all the time because if you're competitive, that can be frustrating. But I enjoy the 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 whole playing of it. I enjoy playing the sport. So, um, I I don't have any problems with competitive sports and and 
And when I play, I'm competitive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm having fun. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, yeah. and, and part of that is doing mm -hmm. my best. And part of that is, well, it all just depends. It depends on who you're playing with. Yeah. Now, playing with kids, I'm, I have a level of competitiveness, but I don't, I'm not like, boom, you know, I won in your face <laughs> with kids. That's just weird. Thank you, you know? that's very grown up of you, Marie. And that's just weird, you know, and you want to encourage and, you know, when you find, when, when you are dealing with kids and, you know, you want to, you got the little one that can't run that fast, you want to grab them by the hand and drag them to first base or whatever it is, because you want them to have the excitement of, of the play, mm -hmm. uh, of, of accomplishment. Uh, so, um, no, I don't, I, I think that for me, competitive sports was always just playing. Yeah. Is it similar to the play? Well, you were an actor and you're a director in, in theater arts and a poet and um, you're a creative, really. And yeah. so, um, and, and I hope that it doesn't feel derogatory in any way to call it play or to, to lump it into play. Um, play gets, can get kind of a, you know, a, a dirty... Um, reputation or something as, as something you shouldn't do or whatever but is it similar the sports and the play that you feel in sports is it similar to the way you feel when you're engaging in the theatrical play yeah of course I mean it all depends again on what the role is it's like today I have a meeting um for a commission that uh, a piece that I'm writing and, you know, so I'm going to have to write, I'm going to have to be by myself to get this whole thing together on it, you know, get, get the words out. But when we go in and I'm not directing, but the person that is directing is, is a friend of mine. And I love the way she directs because she's playful in, in how she's going to do. And mm -hmm. if I'm there, I mean, I get to participate in that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, we play theater games to get actors ready to be on the stage. And those are always fun. Um, and also the, the discovery is fun is um, and because I'm playful, I enjoy the process. And I think that my actors, when I'm directing, enjoy the process also. Um, yeah. So hmm. and getting back to something that you just said about the um play being a bad word. I always thought that that was so weird. I thought it was so weird that grown-ups don't know how to play. And <laughs> I find them quite boring when they don't know how to play. And I don't mean mean playing. I mean just being playful and having fun and let's laugh and and because there's enough seriousness and I was one of those people that I'm quite serious. And people it all depends on the situation they they become they began to see that that I'm quite serious and I had to learn how not to take things so seriously because what happened with me is that as a child I was quite responsible I had to be responsible for grown up things. Well, sure, with your brother and yeah, because my mother worked in the evening, so it was just him and I. My brother used to have seizures every day, 
And so I also had to help my mom do things like, you know, if um, the rent had to be paid, she'll leave me the check. I'd take it to the rental office. She used to give me her check and I'd go down to the bank and deposit her check and come back home. And then I started doing that at seven years old. So I was very responsible. And then I had things that I had to do. I had piano lessons. I had dance lessons. Um, So, you know, I had a lot of things, grown up stuff that I had to do as a child. So Mm -hmm. as I became an adult, um, I began to play more because I, I, even though I had all these kids and everything got to play, but when it was time to do serious things, I would have to go do those. And my mother would tell the story about a kid saying to me, so what are your social obligations today? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and the doctor had told her, uh, this kid is way too serious. And so she needs to learn how to lighten up. So as I grew older, I began to learn how to play more, hmm. which is really weird. So I find grown people who don't know how to play boring and um, not very much fun to be around. And I don't understand why I can't wear colorful clothes. So if you see me in public, I tend to wear colorful stuff because I I don't think that kids should be the only ones that get cool stuff to wear. (laughs) I think that I'm supposed to wear cool stuff too and colorful and fun and, and yeah. Expressive. Yeah. 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 So so I'm always wearing something different or I try to, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, even, even though I'm a pretty casual dresser, um, but when I dress up, I even think about, okay, what can I, what I'm going to put on, even if I put on something black, it's like, I had a dress, I bought this dress. It was really cute. I still have it. It was really cute. And I had gotten uh, nominated for Kevin Klein, uh, award. I won that, that award. Congratulations. Woo woo. And, um, I had this dress. And it was a velvet dress and it was kind of like a halter top, but I wanted it to have crinoline under it mm-hmm. so that it stood out because that's not how the dress came. So I have um, a friend who is a seamstress and she put she put crinoline under there and it was just so perfect. It was so perfect and it was oh. so fun. It was just so fun. And so, yeah. So it's just, oh, I'm always trying to... Um, um yeah I'm always yeah 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 (laughs) yeah that's good so you have a new YouTube show out or coming out on February 1st right yes on the first that's uh Delilah um is Delilah shares our world Mm -hmm. and it is short form it is um a um, piece that has a little geography in it, it has a little history in it, and mm-hmm. it has it'll feature a kid um, who tells us what they love about where they live. And so right now I'm focusing just on St. Louis. Um, I have the first four episodes ready for February. Um, and Delilah is a character that um, has been with me for a very long time. And we first actually see her in my first one woman show called All That. Um, and then Metro Theater Company commissioned me to write a piece specifically for her as a little kid because in the in all that she's actually a, a teenager, um, and it's a whole different a whole different kind of story. Right. Uh, but the one that I wrote for uh, Metro Theater, Delilah's Wish, 
Uh, Delilah's eight and her mother has been deployed to the Middle East and she's being raised by her grandmother in Old North St. Louis. And mm -hmm. this talks a lot about community and all the different kind of people in her community and how everybody doesn't necessarily get along. But her wish is that there would be peace in the world so her mother can come home. Mm -hmm. So when I did that play for Metro, when we did the first reading of Delilah's Wish, uh, for an audience, I knew that it was going to be a whole bunch of different things. I knew it. And <laughs> so I still have a few things I want to accomplish with her. I really want to do a musical of that character. And I really want to do a live action film of that character. But I wanted to do 2D animation. And so I've had character design. And so in Delilah Shares Her World, you see her as an animated character. Oh, yeah. You know, though it is live action also she's not live action ever the places and the kids are live action so oh, really, I yeah. See. yeah yeah wow okay so a little different from the original delilah right well um it's the same character except that in this one she's just sharing our world mm -hmm. so teaching you a little bit about St. Louis, she's teaching you a little bit about where we are in the world. Mm -hmm. And then she then she introduces us to a kid. Mm -hmm. I read where you you seek to create work that inspires others to tell their stories. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering whose story is Delilah? You know, everybody thinks that is me because I love playing her because she's so fun. And um <laughs> And for the long time, I was the only one, only actress that did play her. And since I've written three plays about her, now there have been other people who have played Delilah. Um, so, um, oh my gosh, I lost the question. Give me the question again. Who is Delilah? Whose story oh. is this? Oh, so she's a she actually tells a lot of people's stories. Mm -hmm. So my mother was never in the military. But Delilah told us, and Delilah's wish she tells a story. Uh, uh, um, she's a kid who whose mother is deployed, and that was dedicated to all the kids who have parents deployed in the armed services. Mm -hmm. And um, when they're doing tours, and how do those kids feel? Because see, we were all we're always talking about what's happening with the soldiers, what's happening with the soldiers, what's happening with the soldiers, but nobody was talking about what was happening to their kids. Mm -hmm. So that was the story I wanted to tell. But when you look at um, the first show that I ever did with that character, uh, all that, um, where she's seventeen, she's telling a lot of people's stories. She's talking about um, things like. Um, um, uh, domestic violence and uh, interracial relationships and girl gang members and um, 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 queer love. So it's a lot of different things that that character talks about that, but she's 17 mm -hmm. is really different. So everything else that has been put out that I've put out for Delilah. So I had two kids books, all of that. All of that is her at um, between um, eight and nine years old, mm -hmm. eight and 10 years old. So that's how um, that's the, so those stories are a lot of kids stories, a lot of people's stories, and not. Um, and <clears throat> so she's a um, combination of people's stories 
And it for me, it's like, what's topical? What is happening now? And sure. that that's how I would create a story for her. Hmm. I love how you have the lens for a young person, mm-hmm. you know, or I, I, I just feel like their stories are very often kicked to the side or, you know, not, yeah, not showcased as much. Yeah. And it's a real different, uh, it's, it's different than writing for that age group as opposed to writing about that age group. And really, if any, if, if you truly know me and you spend time with me, you'll understand that I'm, I'm seven years old inside. And because seven for me was the, the most magical age for me. Mm. And I, I did a lot of things and, um, and I got to explore a lot. I had to have those responsibilities, but they, added something to me they gave me a sense of adventure and a sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. and um, I think that I was the most confident when I was seven years old mm. so um um I I and I used to always want oh my gosh I used to want to I mean I, I I used to see Shirley Temple even though Shirley Temple comes out in the depression age you <laughs> know they're they're running they were running her movies on television all the time yeah all the time when i was a kid and i loved shirley temple and then you know i watched the wizard of oz another one that was decades old by the time i saw it but i just loved that stuff Mm. oh my god that was singing and dancing and having adventures and and meeting new people and oh my gosh that was just fascinating and so i was personally a lot like that i met mm-hmm. i would meet people and um people would tell me things and it was just fascinating the world wasn't scary like it is now to be a child and move about it wasn't scary like like it is now i just find so much joy in so many things like I, seven-year-old mariah did. yeah 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 oh i love that That's good. Yeah. You know, something that this podcast is highlighting is the way that we, you know, our inner child, when our inner child gets to come out and play, it really is so much, so uplifting and Mm -hmm. it generates such well-being for our lives. Yeah. And, you know, one thing too, um, my personality and um, my height also helps. It all it helps with my play because it was so funny. Um, um, I I am the voice of Lady Magnitude on uh, PBS's uh, Channel Nine's um, animated series called Drawn In. Mm-hmm. And I was in the writers' room and I wrote one of the episodes. But I am the actor uh, for Lady Magnitude, who is the comic book store owner for the four kids, and so the the, the series won an Emmy. And so congratulations. Um, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, cause I didn't know if I, when I heard that it won an Emmy, I was like, well, do I get to say that? They were like, yes, because you're on the show. Of course you get to say you, you, you won an Emmy. And so, um, <laughs> and so, um, at school at, at St. Louis community college, they, you know, you highlight, but they, um, gave me a little certificate at the board meeting. 
And so, you know, the board is there, the chancellor is there and everything. So it was really very funny because this is me because the board, the, the chair, the chancellor is, is he's a tall man and he's not, you wouldn't say that he's a playful kind of guy. <laughs> so when they call me up and I was to take the picture and I walked up and I was supposed to stand next to him. I just grabbed him and hugged him. <laughs> and then, and I did it before I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, it's because it's just how I am sometimes. And, and so everybody laughed and it was, it was funny. And it was yeah. just, like, and he was like, <laughs> I was like yeah. but you know, that's, that's, right. that's just, that's just how I am. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you got to remind people of their, of their playful side. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. Cause we can get serious really quick as adults. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny, you know, this um, period in my life, this chapter in my life is full of uh, me, you know, I quit my job. I'm looking for different ways of, you know, sustaining my life, but also um, just engaging in more playful mm-hmm. activities and behaviors and and things. And this is part of it. And you know, the way I chose to do it was just by having lots of conversations with playful people, so that I could learn from you all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's so necessary because. As you do grow older, if you're paying attention and if you're desiring to learn how to be a better person on the planet, you do study, you study things. And um, um, and I always knew that there's more to this world than what I see. And mm-hmm. so I'm always trying to tap into that. And a lot of this is just what we perceive it to be. And, you know, perception is is um is subjective it is not objective it is depends on your beliefs and your attitudes and your experiences and all those kinds of things Mm -hmm. you see the world like some people see the world as a very dangerous place so those people tend to carry weapons and tend to be very um um defensive in their being um they're not uh necessarily that open um, they keep lots of things to themselves. You know, you, you see that. And I don't like living like that. I, I want to live where, you know, people are nice to people, but also people are open mm-hmm. and I'm one of those people that can attract it. I tell you, sweetie, I could be standing on the bus stop. I haven't stood on the bus stop in many years, but when I, when I lived in Los Angeles, I, sometimes I was on the bus stop and people talk to me all the time. People mm-hmm. I mean, people say stuff to me and it's so funny. They give me so much information. I mean, I'm just in the store and somebody will walk up and start talking to me about something. And, and and I must have that face or I must have something that makes people do that. But they do You're like, do I'm it, like, TMI. Oh, okay. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't know why they did it. But and then I find it funny and, and you know and so I I I I listen I'm I, I I'm an active listener yes when when that happens that's what happens to me then I just become an active listener mm-hmm. but um it's so funny I think that there's something about me that people can sense and they mm-hmm. feel safe and they feel like they can say stuff and they could you mm-hmm. know. 
Well, I, I think you can tell that you are really open. You can tell that you are, you know, someone who can um, and wants to know everyone and, and wants to listen to the world. I think I feel like that's how you present. Yes. And I am like that because I'm a playwright. <laughs> but not yeah, you have to be. Play, but that's my outlet. That's my way to ex- to express it. Yeah. Oh. Things, you know, I find things interesting that other people do, and it's really funny. And then it's just like, oh, that's that's part of this character. This is how this can mm-hmm. work, or I can put them in, and and because I'm my my I'm very imaginative, mm-hmm. and uh, so I have a big imagination. Um, I I like to do things like. I like to be in certain types of um, neighborhoods or um, environments, and and that stimulates me. I'm one of those kind of people that on Christmas, on uh, Christmas Eve, I love to go to the mall, and I not to shop, just to look at people. Mm. I, I like to, I like to. When I'm on the bus, I'm always watching mm-hmm. because extraordinary things happen. Can I tell you this quick story about what happened when I was yes. on? on the bus. Um, I was living in Oakland, California, and a friend lived in Richmond. And um, I was going to her house and I had to take the BART. And then after I got off the BART, I had to take a bus to get to the rest of the way because I got to the end of the line. Mm-hmm. And so I got on this bus. And then as as the, it kept at, at, at each stop and more and more people got on the bus, the people that got on the bus would speak to the bus driver. And now I've never been on this bus. So people would speak to the bus driver, the bus driver speak back to them. And so the bus must have gone about five or six stops. And then when it got to this like six or seven stop, somebody got on the bus and the bus broke out singing happy birthday to that person. Oh, what? And that told me a lot about community. It told me a lot about what was happening on that bus. That's incredible. And it was so exciting. It was like, oh. That was like, oh my God. And I will never forget it. I will never forget it. Yeah. You know, so if you're, you know, just watching and listening and just observing and and open yourself to it, there can yeah. be everywhere. And I find a lot of things funny that. Yeah. That's a perspective that's particular, right? You can yeah. either find it funny or you can find it just destroying and sad right yeah and I find things so funny just like oh my gosh so last <laughs> so last winter I walked out onto my porch mm, don't I, tell me you I, fell I did I slipped and, and you fell slipped and I fell I almost did and, that the other day Monday. oh my gosh it was awful I was I was lying in the snow and I hit my head so hard in the back that I felt it hit the front of my head. So I had a slight concussion. Um, and I, it was like painful and I was really very scared (laughs) and I still went to work because I was home alone and I didn't want to come back in my house and go to bed and not wake up. And so I went to work so that make sure that somebody was with me if something would happen to me. Yeah. So when I got to work, I was still upset and I was talking to my boss and I was just so, I was just so upset. It's like, and there was nobody there because none of my neighbors saw me and I was just crying. And, and then all of a sudden I said, but I better look really funny. <laughs> and so when I got home, 
I looked, I checked my ring doorbell and there you see the fall. It was hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. So I posted it on Facebook and people were like, people who were close to me were upset. They were like, that's not funny, Mariah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. If you didn't know me, it would have been funny. Yeah, well, I mean, you, it was all fun. the it things was on Instagram, fun. yeah, all the reels that you can watch are <laughs> people just like having the worst accidents, almost like crumpling to the right. ground. And, right. and people are laughing. I know. I'm always like, no. Yeah, yeah no. I definitely almost fell off my porch on Monday when it was all icy and my daughter was with me and she could not stop laughing. So See? I and stopped myself from falling. Hurt, though, so that was why she was That's angry. Right. Yeah, I was hurt, but it yeah. was funny. <laughs> it was funny. Could have been bad. Yeah, yeah. It, I could have died out there, and then I wouldn't have been able to laugh about it. But <laughs> that would have been unfortunate. <laughs> it was when you see it, it's like, dang! Oh my god, Woo, that had to hurt, and it did. But I, it was just so funny to me that when I was talking to my boss, and I was so upset, and I was just crying, and all of a sudden, I just stopped crying. And I go. But I bet it looked really funny. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, ha- do you have any long-term effects from it? Are you okay? no, 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 no? That was fine. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, there's something about theater play in general that can inspire us, mm-hmm. even though we're not necessarily always participating. You know, I mean, there's something about the audience gets to be inspired by the play. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Well, because I mean, the I mean, because we use the Aristotelian plot, and Aristotle talks about um, um, catharsis, and so that's what's happening. That it is designed to engage the audience if you if you do it right, and so um, and and people always like to see the underdog win. So we like to see people overcome and to succeed. You know. Um, Except in America, we like that. And then we like to tear you down once you, you've gotten up too high. But yeah. overall, people like that. And so that's why it's inspiring to them, because it's, especially if you're creating a character that um, they can really identify with, then you can inspire them. Um, and most of the time, the the characters that do that are flawed people, are flawed mm-hmm. characters. They're not goody two shoe characters. They're the ones that inspire you. That yeah, those are the ones that are going to inspire you because they're going to be able to, they're going to be able to change mm. from who they were at the beginning of the play until the end of the play. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's like it allows us to have hope that we can be better. The yeah, next day. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like and they're part of it. See, that's the other thing is that as playwrights, we always must remember that without an audience, there's no reason. So Hmm. we are always thinking about, at least I am, and and I know many, many great playwrights are thinking about how this word or this turn of phrase or this idea is going to impact their audience. Hmm. Because that's that's why you're doing it, because you're... Hmm. You're telling we're community as audience, as playwright, as with actors, all of us together are community and we're creating something. And so we everybody has their part to play. Mm-hmm. And so we want the audience to feel like, yes, they are important and 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 that they have something to contribute. And if if it's done well, 
they think that they're just caught up in a story. Yeah. And then they go out and they're talking about it or they're feeling like, oh, yeah, I can do this or I understand that and I can do better or, you know, again, because we're a community um, and and plays um, tell us who we are and who we hope to be or wish to be. So. Mm. Well, you're not the first one who's brought up Aristotle in these <laughs> conversations. I knew there would be something kind of heady about your answer to that, though. <laughs> but thank you. You're welcome. Is play important? Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't know what to do if I didn't play. I don't know what I would do if I didn't play. And um, because I spend a lot of time alone, because um, I'm single, I don't have kids, and I live alone. So, um Sometimes I'm I'm just playful and I'm here by myself and because mm. it's important and I have to laugh and and um, make funny voices and all that kind of stuff and um, I think about uh, my mother and my brother are both both um, transitioned and um, <laughs> but I think about them and things that they said and that makes makes me laugh and mm. and um, you know so. Yeah, it's important. It's very important to play. Mm -hmm. You can't take this stuff so seriously. It's not that deep. What makes play fun? Um, Abandon. Mm -hmm. To totally give into it. Yeah. To trust it. To not think too heavily on it. It's just be. Uh -huh. You get a chance to just be in the moment. Now. Yeah. No thoughts about yesterday and then there are no thoughts about tomorrow it's just now yeah that's why recess was so cool i just hated it when i hit fourth grade and we only got one recess that sucked like kids should have two recesses a day i don't care what grade they're in <laughs> I know. Kids, adults. right right should have play time I think that that's why, you know, people got into tech and 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 got to work at places like Google and Apple where they're like, you, you got to you get to nap and you get to bring your dog and you get to go mm -hmm. play something if you feel like it. And it's got to be a wonderful environment. It's got to be a wonderful environment because it encourages because play encourages creativity and that's why play is so important unstructured play is so very important for children and they don't have enough of it is play the same as leisure no no yeah i think of leisure i think of i'm not doing anything i'm just gonna sit here now yeah. play can come up during leisure but you know, leisure could just be i'm reading a book I'm sitting on the beach. Mm. I'm just sitting here looking out my window with a cup of coffee. That's leisure. Mm. Mm -hmm. you know, but play can come up in, during leisure. Yeah, I think so too. I think of how kind of spontaneous creativity has a lot uh, becomes infused in play. And, you know, I, you know, back to blow winds when I was, um, when we were working on the play together, and I just remember during a, a break in our rehearsals, I was sitting and I just noticed kind of some movement behind me. And it, there was an actor from the play and then 
um, you know, a couple actors from the play and then um, a couple of the gentlemen of vision and they were um, playing basketball, mm -hmm. but there was no ball. Mm -hmm. Only a basket. And I just thought, ah, oh, <laughs> beautiful. I love that. Yeah. 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 And it that was takes just... imagination. And conversation. Yeah. And conversation. Because if you're trying to pass the ball, you know, you got to make sure that whoever you're passing the ball to knows that is they need to try, they need to catch the ball. And that's a theater game too that we play is that we we pass the, you know, we tend to, we, we do a game where we're in a circle and we pass, um, one person passes a box. Mm -hmm. It's an imaginary box. But the person that gets it, when they pass it, they'll be able to say how heavy it is, how big it is. And it changes from person to person. Uh -huh. So like, if you got a little tiny box, but when you gave it to somebody, you gave a big box. Mm. Now that person receives a big box. Now, is that box really heavy or is that box really light? And mm. does the box grow or does the box shrink? And you, it, it helps you to, it's, it's really important, at, at, you know, in your, how to use your imagination. So, mm. uh, and, and we also pass balls. We also pass balls, um, imaginary balls. Um, in in theater games too, so yeah, I love theater so games. yeah, and there's and and I use theater games um, for teaching sometimes, hmm. especially when especially when I have to uh, like if I have to deal with grown ups. I'm not talking about my college kids because they're just kids. Sometimes we would do that, but I really have have to do that more in meetings and stuff like that because oh my gosh, these people need to loosen up. <laughs> That's not on the agenda, right? Do you have to get that onto the agenda? Um, um, yeah, because I, you know, kind of a I'll, joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do have to. If, if I'm leading the meeting, I will say this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna let's warm up a little bit. Hey, let's everybody get up out of their seats. We're going to, you know, and mm -hmm. we're gonna do a little something just because, especially if you have to deal with people who've been working all day and now they got an afternoon meeting and they're just like, man. One is like another meeting, and sometimes sometimes you got to lighten that stuff. We didn't have the recess. Yeah, yeah. So that their brains can turn back on. Yeah. So you have to think about that. Most most people who do meetings like that don't think about that. And I'm like bored, and I don't know why people love so many meetings because you could have sent me an email on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, they just love to have you there. Yeah, I guess it's not me. It's like everybody they want to just hold us hostage they just want to see what we're doing are you being productive are you doing <laughs> what you to do no i'm not yeah. i'm buying stuff on amazon <laughs> <laughs> i need all your widgets by saturday right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh have you ever had a period where you played too hard mariah no i'm really <laughs> No, um, I'm really kind of balanced. Mm. I'm a leader, so I'm really about balance. Me too. And so, no, because I was raised to be responsible. And I, as a child, I was very responsible. So, mm -hmm, you me know, too. I, I never, uh, I don't feel like there was ever a time where I played too much. I, I feel like there's times where I haven't played enough, but never too much. I, I'm a little, um, 
um I don't I don't like extremes hmm balance I don't like yeah yeah I don't I don't like me neither doing things and you know because you know because when we're talking about playing as adults adults think differently about what play is for a lot of adults playing means to drink a lot and yes party and to overindulge in everything and um that's fun and that's that's their form of play but i'm not i'm i'm very playful as a person and and i don't need all of that you know to relax myself i don't necessarily need to have a drink You know, it's interesting when I ask that question to my guests, it usually turns to the subject of, of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Because that's how grown-ups play. It's very prevalent in grown-up play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very prevalent. And um, yeah, so um, I find that so sad because they work, 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 and then they go, I'm going to play and let me have a drink. Hmm. And then <laughs> they, yeah. and then they <clears throat> tend to overdo it. It's important. We have got to get to a place where we incorporate play back into adulthood because people are losing their minds. People are being so mean to one another. People are are so divided and everything. It's just like, if you understood this stuff and took it for what it really is and take it all with a grain of salt, you could laugh at a lot of this stuff. You wouldn't have to be mad at everybody about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I always wonder if it's that people are, there's more uh, friction in between people or if we just uh, kind of are inundated with the times when there's so much friction because of all the social media and because of the negative media and stuff like that. I, I always wonder that because I, I, or if, if people are, actually learning a little bit more about how to connect with one another and learning about mental health issues and learning about, you know, some racial issues and some, you know, gender issues. And just if we're actually starting to normalize um, some of the differences that we find, but it's amplified that the friction is amplified because of a lot of the media that um, we are inundated by. That's what I always wonder. Well, I think that, you know, I'm just in, in just us talking about it. I think that, yeah, in, one, in some ways we're moving, we're progressing rather nicely as a society and that we're including a lot of differences. And, you know, we've been at this for um, since the 60s, 50s and 60s, we've been trying to 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 see that there's more than one perspective and one way than and then. And also more than one way of being. Um, the dominant culture said that this is what things are and not looking at all everybody else. And so this is when we began to, we're looking at everybody else and seeing that everybody else is contributing um, to our society too. Um, so I think that, that that's a good thing, but I do believe that the media is, and I work in media and I love media, but It's like sometimes I it's like, what are you guys talking about? And why are you emphasizing that and not talking about this other thing that might be a good thing to talk about? Mm Just keep highlighting all this negativity and giving platform to people who are just negative. -hmm. Yeah, Why? well, because that drives, 
Yeah. Because yeah. it drives the it, audience, right? Right. What bleed if it bleeds, it leads. That's what they used to say. Yeah. And but when you have somebody who, you know, when you have people who are just talking out the side of their necks and just misinformation and doing it per on purpose, you don't give them a platform. Right. You right. Can we please them. extinguish these platform giving? Yeah. Um, it's like, why yeah. are you giving those people the platform? Don't. I agree. They're just making it worse. Yeah. So I agree. So I, I, I think that in ways we're progressing, in other ways we're just shooting ourselves in the foot and if we're not careful if we're not careful don't say it i'm not gonna say it but we gotta we gotta lighten up and we gotta <laughs> i know i know we start loving each other and and finding some humor in all of this and yeah and i also think there's something about um the model that we are leaving to our younger generation you know we're we're leaving the younger generation to believe that adulthood is the worst thing you could ever do because look at us, we're like zombies going yeah. through our lives, you know, just working and never playing and drinking and, you know, we're all of the things that we're and being mad about it all and being mad. And yeah. which kind of brings me to my next question. Do you think play connects us? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially, I mean, and it, and it's, it connects us not just on our on our peer level, but also intergenerational. You know, mm -hmm. I think about family reunions when everybody is playing from the little ones on up to the old ones. Mm -hmm. They're getting in on it, you know. As and and when I'm thinking about, it, of course, I'm thinking culturally because, um, um, you know, when I think of family reunions with black people, there's lots of music and there's lots of dancing and there's lots of playing of games and you know whether the yeah, a little different from the the white <laughs> Germanic because <laughs> <laughs> you know the kids are will be playing um, um, games that really wear out their bodies and the and the grown people are playing cards. And, you know, or, you know, or there could be an intergenerational if they're playing something like in the old days when people had would toss in horseshoes or, you mm. know, um, those kinds of things. There's something about once you've played with someone and, and you know, from the white perspective, uh, family reunion for me had been playing cards, uh, playing, you know, horseshoes that did happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And so you got to play horseshoes and your granddad threw too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They'd give you that horseshoe and you'd carry it. Talk about getting a box that was really heavy, you know, <laughs> not heavy for one, really heavy for the child. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But just, I mean, but the, but the family reunions that you're talking about are the same. You yeah. guys have music because if you, if you didn't have recorded music, cause you know, living in the city is different. You know, we just pull out a boom box and we play, right. We mm -hmm. just turn it on and it's going, but it's, it's possible at your family reunions on a farm. You probably, if you weren't doing that, you probably had somebody who could play a guitar or play, uh, you know, an instrument. And you guys did that. I'm sure that there was probably singing, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, it's about being together and playing and having a festive time. Yes. That's but the whole point of it is let's get the family together. We've worked hard and now let us play. And that's what they are. That's what they're supposed to be. Yeah. And, you know, just to chime in a little bit about the wisdom of a Libra, there is that balance, right? Of working and playing together. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's why we have holidays throughout the year. Yeah. I, it's important to have perspective. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, Mariah, we're coming to the end here. Well, I have a couple more questions, but but I am taking so much of your time and I know you have other meetings and things today. Oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to say something Zach Galifianakis style or The Shining. Are you familiar with these? Um, I'm familiar with The Shining, but um, but I'm not, and the actor you're talking about, right? Yeah, in the Between Two Ferns. All work and no play. Makes you stupid. Um, <laughs> it, make, it does make you a dull boy. It really does. Totally. Um, and um, yeah, it makes you sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes you sad. It just makes you bitter. <laughs> yeah, it's that bitterness. Interesting. Yeah. And that mm. resentment. Yeah. 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 That doesn't yeah. make for a good connection. Yeah, but you know, it's it's, it's also a cult culturally. I mean, we are we're our, our country founded on the Puritans. And so that pur puritanical idea is like it's good to have a good work ethic. And that's one thing that they brought us, but they brought in, in Christianity. It's just like, oh, it, it's a, a um 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 verse that talks about uh when you were a child, when I was a child, I put away when I, I did childish things and when I became a man, I, I put away childish things. Uh, people like to cling on to that to make you work harder and all that stuff. And this is how you're supposed to be when you're an adult and blah, 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 blah. But what they forget is that Jesus also, also said you had to come to me as a ch little child. Mm. That's a different a different setup. That That's coming open. That's coming with a pure heart. That's mm -hmm. coming with an open mind and open ears. That's how you're operating. So people miss that part, but they really mm -hmm. Because all of us, because we're a capitalist society and we really want you to work hard. We don't want you to have no fun. Mm -hmm. Have you ever caught yourself playing and shamefully decided to stop or had to make a decision? Yeah. But then I, when that happened, I, I was like, who cares that I'm playing? So, I mean, like, I'm one of those kind of people that dances in the grocery store to the music that I hear. Nice. So I do that, that and I sing. And so if somebody looks at me, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I keep going. Uh, but I think like when I when that first when the first time that somebody caught me doing that, I think that I stopped and I was kind of embarrassed. But uh, for the most part, no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just play. Yeah, I love that. I was just reading um, some literature, some papers about play and about how in adults we often sort of need an alibi you know like um i'm playing because i'm raising money for cancer and so we're having a hula hoop contest or you know something like this instead yeah. of instead of you having your hula hoop at home and because i used to have hula hoops in my house i do fly kites I have a kite in my car at all times. Mm. Um, so yeah. I do play. I I I do play. Yeah. And I do color. I have color color. Um I have crayons and I have markers and I have paper. And sometimes if I just feel like it, then that's what I do. Beautiful. Yeah, you know how to play. <laughs> oh, also I have Jackson and a yo-yo. 
nice. I haven't, I haven't done either one of them in a very long time, but I do have them both. Oh, I challenge you to post something on Facebook of your oh, okay. Okay. yo-yo moves or your Jack's moves. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you play when you, that you can play without a device? Oh, um, we, I mean, you kind of already talked about it, you know, you, you um, I can play, um, um, finish the story. That's what I call it. Finish the story. Hmm. I'm out in public and I see somebody doing something. I finish the story. Mm -hmm. I say who, figure out who they are and all of that. Or if I'm driving at night and, and this was when I was talking about, um, if I'm in certain types of environments, like I love, um, certain places on the planet. And Oakland, California is one of them, but really is is more Berkeley in the Berkeley Hills. Mm. Or I was driving to Florida once and I had to drive through Nashville. I'm saying it like they say it, Nashville. <laughs> when you're driving, you go through a forest first. And then when you come out, you come down this huge, huge, long um, in, um, um, incline coming down. But you can see the city and the city has hills in it. And you have all these little houses there. But when I came through, when I was on my way through, it was night. And so all the houses, they look like little villages with these, these little golden lights coming out of the window because people had their lights on inside because it was dark. Mm -hmm. And I, I wonder what the lives are like for the people in the houses. And so mm -hmm. I play like that. Yeah, neat. I love that. That reminds me of one time I was taking a train from Chicago down to uh, Southern Illinois, where I lived. And I particularly made it uh, a train ride be during the holidays because I was thinking, oh, I'm going to uh, just enjoy the train ride. I'm going to see all the holiday lights and it's going to be really interesting. Not realizing that actually you only see the back of people's houses. Like people don't usually put lights in the uh, or, or their front of their house doesn't usually <laughs> face the train train tracks, but gosh, Mariah, <laughs> I feel like we just got reacquainted and I really got to, I had a feeling that you would be super on this podcast, but you are amazing. And I'm so thankful that you agreed to do this. Thank you very much, Emily, and take good care of yourself, sweetie. Yeah. Until we meet again soon. Indeed. Indeed. Now, I want you to get out there and play, everybody. Let's build a world that's a little lighter, a little less harsh, and a little more connected. Let's build the world that we want to have. And don't forget to follow Playfully on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening right now. Our episodes come out on Wednesdays every week, so you can get inspired to play right over that hump through the rest of the week. I'd love to know what you think. So would you please leave me a comment? And if you liked the episode, share it with one or two others. And take care, everybody.